0: Vox Quick Hits If you've ever gone to the mall two weeks in a row, you might have an inkling that the fashion industry isn't great for the environment. You can show up at a store or a clothing website on one Saturday and by the next see what feels like an entirely different lineup of styles. The sheer volume of tops and pants and jackets and sneakers for sale represents an incredible use of materials, and the speed at which they're produced and distributed can only be matched by how fast they're discarded by us, the humans who wear all these things. Besides most cheap shirts ending up at a landfill, there's runoff waste from production, air and water pollution from shipping, and of course, the plastic bags and cardboard packaging we use to get our new stuff to our homes. So, exactly how bad is fashion for the environment? Journalist Eldon Wicker is here to answer that question, or rather, explain why it's totally unanswerable. Hey, Eldon, thank you for joining us. Um, So, well, we all know that clothing creates a ton of waste, um, and that rarely clothes last a lifetime. But the impossible question is, how bad is fashion for the
1: environment? I think everybody agrees that it is bad for the environment, but we haven't actually quantified how bad it is. There are some guesses. A lot of highly paid consultants have secretly crunched numbers and put it in reports, but we don't actually have any sort of third party peer reviewed research or papers that have come out on almost all of the questions that people are asking about fashion's impact. So it sounds like we kind of have no idea. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we don't really know. I mean, there's there again, like there are some guesses, but they seem like good guesses until you realize the scale of what you're measuring and the scale of what we don't know. So for example, there's guesses that, uh, the fashion industry is responsible for somewhere in between 4% to 10% of global carbon emissions, which is a lot. (laughs) Uh, you know, if you're talking about a scale of 5% of global carbon emissions, you know, is like a billion tons of, of greenhouse gas emissions.
0: I wanted to ask you more about that. What are the stats that we typically hear about fashion's uh, environmental footprint? Like, what kind of waste and pollution are we talking about? And and then tell me a little bit more about why, why we don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So, OK, so there's the greenhouse gas emissions, which, like I said, 5 to 10 percent of global carbon emissions or carbon dioxide equivalent. You often hear that the fashion industry is responsible for 20 percent of global water pollution. That comes out of nowhere. Nobody has ever figured out who came up with that number. Oh, actually, you know, since I wrote this article for Vox, a reporter for a small news outfit called Apparel Insider tracked it back to a uh, marketing website for a uh, dyeing company in the United States.
0: That's pretty impressive. Yeah, it sounds like there's a lot of, um, misinformation out there or a lot of information that can't be traced back. Can you tell me a little bit about how you sort of initially discovered that these stats were, if not fake, sort of coming out of nowhere?
1: Yeah. So I started writing about sustainable fashion about eight years ago. And um, I came across this stat that fashion is the second most polluting industry after oil. And um, it was everywhere. It was in all the magazines, you know, it was in the New York Times. Like, It was just every time that you would read about something that has to do with sustainable fashion, it would be like fashion is the second most polluting industry after oil. Oh, my God. Like, what are we going to do about it? You know, I would I kept trying to trace it back to where it was coming from. And it ended up I ended up in these loops of like, well, this nonprofit cited this nonprofit, which cited this nonprofit, which cited this nonprofit and like around and around and around. It would go. (laughs) And I found that for. That one, I found it for, you know, 80% of garment workers are women. That's on a loop through all of the advocacy organizations. Almost all of them are based on nothing.
0: (laughs) So what would we really need to understand the impact that fashion has on the environment?
1: So what we need to actually find this out is funding for research. And I'm talking about reports that are peer reviewed, right? And we don't really have that. So Most of the people who are textile scientists who would study these sorts of things, climate scientists, they're not doing it because either they are getting snapped up by large fashion brands and then all of their research becomes proprietary or they're just not interested in fashion because it's kind of, seems like a lightweight subject. Somebody the other day said that their um, PhD advisor said, don't study anything where there's no data. So it's this catch 22 of, There's no good research out there, therefore nobody wants to study it, therefore we're not getting research. (laughs) That is
0: incredibly frustrating. And yeah, I mean, you know, this light subject that might be the second biggest polluter, we just have no idea. Right, right. What's frivolous? It's sort of like how, (laughs) um, you know, women's health data is trash compared to men's health data, or like we don't, you know, have good studies into uh, police killings. It's hard to make policy changes when you don't have data to make the policy changes. So, uh, you know, what what are what are the hopes there,
1: I guess? Yeah. So, I mean, there's been this kind of a movement. You know, there there is an author or a journalist at Fast Company that said we need a fashion czar in the American government and a bunch of fashion startups got behind it and um, was advocating for this. And um, I have mixed feelings about this like fashion czar because the thing is around fashion it's sort of wrapped up into everything right like it's not just the oil industry it is involving the oil industry and it's involving the agricultural industry and it's involving all of these different things um labor rights cotton and leather and all of these different things and what we really need to do is to reckon with how powerful the fashion industry actually is if we can reckon with the impact that it has and how many different things it touches and how many different lives it touches, then it can be a really powerful tool to get policy change in. But on the other hand, it's also a very powerful industry because it's a very rich industry, right? Some of the richest people in the world are at the heads of, or the founders of fashion brands like uh, Zara or um, H&M, the family behind that. So it's an incredibly powerful industry. And yet, We sort of dismiss it as sort of like a woman folk thing that, you know, doesn't really deserve serious scientific attention or even policy attention. And then, you know, we get to this point where people say like, okay, well, we're taking it seriously. Like, what do you think we should do? And the answer is shop better. I mean, it it doesn't make sense. So you can see how people who are like, okay, let's take this seriously. Like like Mm -hmm. myself, we can get really frustrated with sort of this soft, we'll just go out shopping and buy, buy something in order to support the movement. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just ends
0: up back in the laps of consumers as like lots of things do in a consumer society where you have all this individual responsibility and absolutely no individual power. Yeah, that sums it up really well, actually. So what, what would you say? Like, is there anything the average consumer can do that maybe isn't shop better, but is petition this person or care more about this
1: thing? Or is there anything
0: that we could do as consumers?
1: There are things that you can do as consumers. Um, Like with anything, there are nonprofits and advocacy organizations that are working on all these different pieces of a better fashion industry, right? So you have a movement out in California to reform labor law out there so that garment workers get paid fairly. So that's one thing. But the other thing that you can do as a consumer is not so much shopping, but sort of getting familiar with your fashion and enjoying it as more of an art than sort of a a pastime right so i got into talking about sustainable fashion because the food movement in the early 2010s around there really changed my life for the better and i thought okay well if it matters where we get our food from it probably matters where we get our fashion from i think that's really true and i i advocate for people starting not with just like going out and buying whatever capsule collection or sustainable thing or hot sustainable brand there is but getting back to the root of why you enjoy fashion and getting to know what looks good on you what makes you feel good and not even just on an emotional level but on a physical level right like the feel of heavy silk is unmatched right you know getting a good merino sweater that feels really good that is actually quite high performance and sweat wicking and odor fighting like when you start to slow down your purchases the way people did with food right you you buy less you're just inherently more sustainable
0: so alden i guess the only sort of concern left is then like what about price here because you know obviously really nice things are expensive and not everyone can afford the like beautiful merino wool sweater we would all love to have. What is your sort of recommendation for something being both sustainable and um, accessible?
1: I think everybody deserves to dress with dignity, right? Just like I think that everybody deserves to have three uh, healthy hot meals a day. If we want to go back to the food metaphor, do I think that it's a good system that we have right now that the only affordable food is junk food and is unhealthy? No. I think that's We could talk about this in terms of shaming consumers who can't afford more sustainable fashion, or we could say that, you know, we need to work on a system that instead of shoving poverty further down the line by just saying, oh, well, if you're low income in America, like you should feel guilty about buying clothing that, you know, is from sweatshops somewhere else. But to say, well, why don't we just raise the federal minimum wage so that people can afford clothing that is made with dignity and then is environmentally friendly. So that's the first thing I would say. The second thing that I would say is we have so much secondhand fashion in this country. We are awash in secondhand fashion. I and it's not it's not, you know, dusty or gross. Like you can go Mm -hmm. on all of these different online places and get, you know, and sort through and get exactly what you need in your size. So That would be the second answer to the question is like secondhand fashion is sustainable and it's incredibly accessible at an accessible price point, um, accessible online. Like it's it's a great way to to, yeah, dress with dignity without, you know, overspending. Alden Wicker is a journalist and sustainable fashion
0: expert. You can follow Alden's work on Twitter at Alden Wicker.